Hello and welcome to Misty 101 podcast. Hello and welcome to Misty 101 podcast. After Afghan defeat, West must realize that not everyone wants democracy with Netflix and LGBT marches. Afghanistan Youth International footballer dies after being crushed by the wheels of the U.S. plane he clung to in attempt to flee. Afghanistan Youth International footballer dies after being crushed by the wheels of the U.S. plane he clung to in attempt to flee. A youngster who died and fell from a U.S. military aircraft during a desperate bid to flee the clutches of the Taliban in Kabul has been named as footballer Zaki Anwari. Youth International Anwari had attempted to grab onto an American plane after joining thousands of people at Hamid Karzai International Airport, where the U.S. has been flying people away since Taliban insurgents regained power of the country earlier this week. The talented prospect is said to have been crushed while the wheels of the USAF Boeing C-17 were retracting, with his remains later found in the wheel well of a plane. The airport has been the setting for harrowing scenes, with some residents hell-bent on escaping from the notorious new regime trying to hold on to moving aircraft in a mark of their desperation. Announcing the news, Afghanistan's General Directorate of Physical Education and Sports called the tragic accident a source of great regret. The late Anwari, among hundreds of young people who wanted to leave the country, fell and died in an accident from a U.S. military plane, it said in a Facebook post. A mourner responded, very sad and scary. A frightening specter of losing freedom made this young footballer take a step towards freedom and lose his life instead. Normal Afghanis are now so scared. The futures of sports organizations operating in Afghanistan are uncertain in the aftermath of a change of power that has shocked the world. The Afghanistan Football Federation is yet to make an official public response to the developments, while world governing body FIFA has said it is in contact with the federation and other groups and will continue to monitor the situation and provide support. The founder of the country's international women's football team has advised players, many of whom have previously opposed the Taliban, to close down their social media accounts, adding that many have been sending her terrified messages and videos showing members of the movement outside their homes. Female gender confusion is in the genes. It takes vision to see what is in front of your eyes all the time. Slovenly, drab, unkempt, slatternly, many adjectives describe most women who wear jeans. Since I noticed this trend, I am appalled by its pervasiveness. At least half of the women I see are wearing jeans. Jeans are a fitting feminist symbol. They are farm workers and miners' clothes. Feminism is an invention of the central bankers who also created and financed the socialist and communist movements to control people. By wearing jeans, women are signaling loyalty to this drab unisex proletarian vision, where women work like men, look like men, and fornicate like men i.e. dogs. Can it be any more obvious? If the sexes dress alike, it is because they are becoming alike. 
Cult of the androgynous often I see married couples clad in blue denim, him and hers. Occasionally there is an eldest daughter already promised to this androgynous cult. The first time this article appeared, I got a storm of criticism from women who said genes can be feminine. Yes, if you are incredibly sexy in the first place, but you'd look good in anything. Ladies, jeans, and pants in general, emphasize the caboose. Women who deny their feminine instincts tend to develop an ample one. Men, a woman wearing jeans is a red flag that you might be dealing with GID, gender identity disorder. Her jeans are saying, I don't want to be a woman. I don't want to look good for men. I fear and distrust men. I want male prerogatives. I want to look like a man. I want to be a man. A woman's primary career used to be wife and mother. The Illuminati bankers didn't want marriages, families or children. So they convinced women that these were oppressive, just like earlier they convinced workers or blacks they were oppressed. The bankers care nothing about women, blacks or even gays. They use them for their own ends. Feminism espoused women's rights, but it has driven femininity underground, torn the sexes asunder, and stripped women of recognition for being wives and mothers, roles essential to their own fulfillment, to men, children and society. Young women never imagined they would be betrayed by traitorous feminist teachers and politicians, intent on breaking up the family and abandoning us to state and corporate control. They never imagined that the women's movement was inspired and funded by the Rockefeller Foundation as part of their ongoing social engineering program. Google Women's Studies and Rockefeller Foundation and you'll get 180,000 results. Do you really think the world's biggest monopoly capitalists, who fund Planned Parenthood, birth control and eugenic research, don't have an ulterior motive for feminism? The Rockefellers are central bankers. In the words of insider Carol Quigley, their ultimate goal is nothing less than to create a world system of financial control in private hands able to dominate the political system of each country and the economy of the world as a whole. This system was to be controlled, by the central banks, acting in concert. Tragedy and Hope 324 Under the guise of defending homosexual rights, heterosexuals are under ruthless and hateful psychological attack in the mass media and from government. In the UK, Australia and California, the terms mom and dad have been banned from schools and children are encouraged to experiment with homosexuality. They want us to be homosexual in the sense that gays usually have sex but don't marry and have families. They want to destroy the family because lonely confused people are easier to manipulate. This is the real story behind the sexual revolution. There is a Stalinist feminist stigma against looking feminine. Hopefully the popularity of Mad Men and the beauty of Don Draper's wife Betty wearing summer dresses will bring feminine attire back. Truly liberated women can make a statement by wearing a skirt or dress. They can show they aren't afraid of men. And may actually like them.
Christine, a Toronto woman, does this and gets a very positive response. Several years ago, I gave up dressing like a man for religious reasons, and no, I am not a Muslim, although it is rather peculiar to see Muslim women in blue jeans and headscarves. Since the traditional garb of a Western woman is a skirt or dress, I try to wear that. And I do try to dress neatly. When I made this decision, I didn't think about how it would affect men. Nevertheless, its effect on men has been most touching. It brings out the best in them and they seem to like it. Some are even vocal in their approval, only one has said he disapproved. Men should politely voice approval and support of women who are dressed in a feminine way. There is nothing more beautiful than a woman wearing a summer dress. I can still remember a young woman I saw five years ago wearing a frock. That's how powerful femininity is. Let's not let highly paid pious feminist and lesbian change agents destroy it. It's time for real women to relegate jeans to garden or farm work. Yes, the Taliban's extreme, but I secretly welcome this defeat of the U.S. ideology of globalism, liberalism and consumerism. Afghanistan's new rulers represent the opposite to the neoliberalism that foists transgenderism, feminism, LGBTQ+, and CRT ideology on us. Afghans don't want or need all that, and neither do we. As I write, blue and pink-haired Silicon Valley tech workers are desperately scrambling to determine what is acceptable for us to say on social media about Afghanistan. What can we permit them to think, they are wondering. Perhaps they are waiting for their overlords to tell them what is going to be permissible or not. I would guess that their eventual course of action will be to ban and disfavor algorithmically, for our own good, of course, any positive remarks towards the Taliban, as well as any criticism of the flood of Afghan refugees into Western countries. Indeed, accepting refugees will be the priority for liberal media, citing among other reasons the Taliban's oppression of women, despite the evidence from photographs showing that the vast majority of those fleeing the country in a hurry are male. While the U.S. operates a hegemonic empire, it is not hegemonically of one opinion. A large section of Americans are not supportive of foreign invasions and occupations to begin with, and many now view their politicians with great mistrust and bemusement. They rightly view the speeches and actions of these politicians as occurring within a closed bubble of increasingly insane terminology, such as the State Department's demand that the Taliban form an inclusive and representational government. Around the world, the reaction to the U.S. withdrawal is similarly unsympathetic, as it was to the initial invasion, and both Russia and China have stepped in to offer tentative ties to the newly liberated nation of Afghanistan. However, how can a Westerner like me feel sympathy for the Taliban? Believe it or not, there are many who view the recent dramatic turn of events with an observer's dark joy. 
Those who are tired of seeing their own culture and religion eroded from within, and who feel a kind of secret relief at seeing someone successfully resist globalism, feminism, LGBTQ+, and critical race theory ideology. They can see that their society has been turned into something dark by a manufactured value system, promulgated by political elites and the money power behind them. When you are robbed of national pride, have no faith in your leaders, have no control over citywide riots or crime epidemics, and when the cornerstone of civilization itself, the family, is degraded by your own government, then you cannot so easily root for the home team in foreign engagements. Even those who do root for continued American forever wars do not do so with the U.S. itself in mind, so much as the expansion of vague globalist values. They show allegiance to an abstract concept of democracy which they feel they themselves represent, so much so that the democratic choices of nations they dominate do not count unless first approved by them. They speak in buzzwords like inclusivity and intersectionality and believe they are forever on the side of good. They have no apparent grasp or care for causality, let alone reality. For those who have lost faith in this approach and in the Western elites, and who have no power to change things, there are no options that remain apart from taking joy at their misguided failures who, in truth, can support a system that creates foreign wars without end or purpose, apart from destabilization, on the supposed behalf of other foreign nation. But really in the interests of global finance or in the runaway scheming of a neocon military-industrial complex. A system that seeks only get-rich schemes for its own elites, or the market manipulations of Wall Street, or the destabilizing economy gambling of men like George Soros. America's losses are mounting both home and abroad, and, as its grip on international hegemony falters, no effort is being made to heal bitter bipartisan domestic wounds. The world tires of endlessly multiplying victimhood flags, rainbow and black lives matter, that hang outside U.S. embassies, as a warning to disbelievers. Yet the American elite seems only faintly aware of the loss of trust they have suffered in the wake of this incessantly delusional decision-making, which, in Afghanistan alone, has resulted in over 100,000 deaths. And to what end? Already, there are policy pronouncements in Kabul that sound more adroit and well-considered than anything under the U.S. occupation. A Taliban spokesman has declared that the country would no longer be a hub for poppy cultivation and the drug business. Ironically, America itself, suffering from a domestic opioid crisis it would rather ignore than tackle, might benefit the most from this. Western mainstream journalists, who convey only the narrative of the political elite, have zero self-awareness when bringing up concerns over «freedom of speech» to the Taliban spokesman, who very easily replied that the question should be asked of U.S. companies like Facebook. 
The Taliban may be extreme, indeed it has promised strict action against bankers and financial workers, gay activists, feminists and journalists, but it represents the polar opposite to the Orwellian neoliberalism which rules permissible Western thought. This tyrannical big brother works in the opposite direction, on the behalf of radical feminists, the transgender lobby and elite bankers, and with its own extreme zeal. American liberals cannot even conceive that their rainbow flag, junk consumerist ideology comes, as much as any other, at the point of a gun. Nor can they conceive that anyone would reject their wokeness and the culture that goes with it. You mean you aren't hypnotized by Lizzo, Cuties, and Love Island? The Afghans have chosen, they have rejected Western liberalism and American consumerism. They wish to live by Sharia law. And given the choice, who can blame them? Increasingly, Western society is an open air mental asylum run by psychopaths. If you take your cues from society, education, mass media, you will become dysfunctional or insane. This is how a satanic cult controls and exploits its members, by making them sick, while convincing them their sickness is normal. If you want to figure how to live, and why, you would not seek answers in a mental asylum. You would not devour speeches, books, and films written by inmates. This is the case with a bankrupt culture. If you wish to escape the ravages of modern life, you must understand mankind is satanically possessed. We have been inducted into the lowest ranks of a satanic cult based on Jewish Kabbalism, the Illuminati i.e. Freemasonry. Essentially Kabbalism is about turning the natural and moral order upside down i.e. revolution, so that evil is good, lies are truth, sick is healthy and unnatural is natural. The goal is to replace God, the Creator's design, with Lucifer who represents the interests and perversions of Kabbalists. The Kabbalists' main priority has been to gain a monopoly over our means of perception, the mass media. Kabbalists do not believe in objective reality. They believe that reality is whatever they think it is. They invent reality, fake news, and go so far to create fake terror events which they present as real. They cannot distinguish between truth and fiction. Because of this, imagination is a highly overrated and unreliable source of truth, and a bad substitute for mystical experience. Satanists, they turn reality on its head. They present what is healthy and natural e.g. marriage, family, heterosexuality as unhealthy while what is sick e.g. homosexuality, transsexuals, is taught to school children as natural and healthy. Sexual promiscuity is presented as liberation. Hollywood has warped our perception of sex and love from the beginning. We live in a Kabbalist solipsism, a world of imagination. Our TV shows, music, and films are the products of someone's feverish imagination. Writers' producers need a regular payday. They pump this bilge from their subconscious. They are not real artists. There is little that is recognizably human, that we identify with and makes us feel good about being human. 
When was the last time you were inspired by a TV show or movie? This was more common a generation ago. Western culture is a broken record playing sex money power until the end of time. Adocultism, discrimination and sexual abuse for a little spice and you have a recipe for eternity. We do not have genuine creativity or freedom of expression. We have de facto communism. Political correctness is a communist term. Satanists hate truth, i.e. reality. The masses are living in a fantasy world. Evil why would successful Jews like Weinstein or Louis C.K. behave in a such a degenerate fashion? Why would they think a beautiful woman would want to be sexually molested or watch them masturbate? Some people think it is because they are risk-takers. No, it is hard for good people to comprehend that there are people who deliberately set out to do evil. They worship Satan and degrading themselves and harming others is how they do good. This is progress, to the Freemason and Kabbalist Jew. I am not speaking from a Christian or Biblical perspective. I am from a secular background. The difference is that I recognize, in secular terms, that God is the magnificent moral and natural order governing the universe. God is ultimate reality. Fulfillment lies in discerning the divine will not flouting it. The Illuminist denial of God is a rebellion that cannot be won but they'll create mayhem trying. Ten signs we are satanically possessed The Illuminati have been waging war on humanity for hundreds of years but because they control perception, the Goyim don't know what has hit them. The following examples are evidence of this war today. 1. The exaggerated place of romance and the sexual objectification of woman. Essentially, romantic love is a surrogate religion. The loved one has replaced God as the object of our love. Almost all music is devoted to extolling her imaginary qualities, adoration mostly motivated by sexual attraction and need. Society has an animal fetish for young fertile females. The vagina is the holy grail. Orgasm the holy sacrament. The result is a mass psychosis, codependence, and male impotence. 2. The divorce of sex from love, marriage, and procreation. Anonymous sex degrades all relationships to the level of sex appeal. This is characteristic of the homosexual disorder. Pornography, the cocaine for sex addicts, is widely available. 70-80% of teenage boys watch online porn regularly. Girls must behave like porn stars to be loved. Children are sexualized and eventually, pedophilia will be normal. This is gradually killing heterosexual relations. Occult possession takes the form of obsession with sex. 3. Our entertainers are Satanists and entertainment is often a cult ritual rife with occult symbolism. See Vigilant Citizen for examples. Ours is the popular culture of a satanic cult and is designed to induct us further into its mental slavery. 4. Gender bending, the relentless media promotion of masculinity for females and femininity for males is a cult. Gay rights, is a disguise for a vicious attack on heterosexual identity and values, based on marriage and family.
The aim is to replace heterosexual norms with homosexual norms. This has already happened. Look at what has happened to dating. Courtship has been partly replaced by hooking up. Charities openly discriminate against boys and promote female empowerment in order to destabilize traditional cultures. Homosexuals deny their own sickness by making it normal, i.e. making everyone sick. 5. Incessant wars have no purpose other than to increase the wealth and power of the Illuminati and undermine nation-states. All wars are contrived by the Illuminati to kill off natural leaders and demoralize, degrade and destroy humanity. Ironically, they are used as an excuse for why we need Illuminati world government. 6. Naturalism. Erasing the line between spirit and matter by pretending man's divine spirit doesn't exist. Characterizing people strictly in terms of physical lusts and needs with a reductive focus on carnal desire and bodily functions. 7. The dumbing down of the public through sports, entertainment and a defective education system. The espousal of collectivist over individualistic values. Modern art, including painting, film and music, border on fraud. 8. The pervasive idea that truth is relative and cannot be known. God is truth. Knowing and obeying God is the essence of religion. The attempt to marginalize scientists who affirm a universal intelligence at work in nature. The general effort to make scientific results conform to political correctness, i.e., satanic coercion. 9. The mainstreaming of gambling, i.e., stock speculation, under the guise of investing. Now, when they are not watching porn, millions are fixated on stock fluctuations. Lust, whether sex or greed, is the tool of satanic possession. The point is, mankind is satanically possessed by Kabbalists. Kabbalists believe they must destroy society and create chaos in order for them to achieve hegemony i.e. the return of the Messiah. Corruption, sexual abuse, satanic ritual abuse abound but no one mentions the cause Freemasonry Kabbalism for the Goyim. All social institutions have been subverted, government, media, corporations, education, church, military. The legal system and police are compromised. We are witnessing the imposition of communism and the dehumanization of society. There is no hope unless Western society expunges Kabbalist Judaism, Freemasonry, and returns to its European Christian foundations. We were created in the image of God. True culture is dedicated to manifesting this ideal, which is what makes us human. We become what we worship. This is why Western society is becoming toxic. Why women aren't getting loved if you want love and marriage, act like a potential wife and mother, not a slut. A news story June 7, 2016 said that more than 4 in 10 U.S. women are obese. Women are getting fat because they're not getting sex and love. They're eating to compensate. Contrary to popular belief, women need regular sex as much as men and more. Both sexes need regular intimate contact. 
Despite the availability of online hookups, women aren't getting satisfying sex. Why would strangers care about their satisfaction? Back in the day when sex was called love-making, sex was an expression of feelings. For heterosexuals, sexual intercourse is a woman's act of surrender to her husband, and a man's taking possession of his wife. It symbolizes an exchange of female power for male power expressed as love. A woman gives her husband the power to grant her wishes, or not. She gives him the power to love her. She is not afraid to depend on him. Women want love, men want power. Marriage is an exchange of the two. If either party reneges, the contract is broken. For a woman, this exchange requires trust. Trust entails patient courtship and commitment. Sex creates an intimate bond between a man and a woman. Two people do become one. Anonymous sex is profoundly self-destructive. If a woman gives herself to a stranger, she experiences a profound rejection no matter how much the Illuminati try to convince her otherwise. It is self-destructive for a man as well because it undermines his sense of possession and commitment to a single woman. The Illuminati hate us. They brainwash women to seek power instead of male love. Power equals penis. Essentially they have taught women to neuter themselves and emasculate their men. Heterosexual love is under constant attack. Homosexual and transgender confusion are considered chic. This Rockefeller-sponsored program is designed to degrade, depopulate and destabilize society by divorcing sex from marriage and procreation and by pretending gender roles are social and not biological in origin. Women's self-defeating behavior Young women act like sex is the only way to attract men. They try to parlay sex appeal into lasting love and family. This is self-defeating. It is sending men the wrong message. Ladies, if you want love and family, do not present in sexual terms. Why compete on the same terms as practically every other young woman? No wonder you're dumped. You're interchangeable. Instead present yourself as potential life partners, wives and mothers. In other words, dress modestly and prepare to be indispensable to the man and children you will love. Learn the skills of a homemaker and helpmate. You will discover a large pool of quality men who are looking for you. Recently a female cashier shocked me by smiling. I quickly realized that it was part of her job. Female charm, warmth, grace, cheerfulness, attentiveness, modesty, have been crushed under the jackboot of feminism. Ladies, make sure a man is worthy of you. Don't get involved with sexual nomads who haven't time for courtship and marriage. Sex is the sacred ritual of procreation. Sex should always take place in the context of love, preferably marriage. Our children are literally part of us. They represent our organic growth. Promiscuity is not normal or natural for heterosexuals. It is essentially homosexual because it reflects a failure to form a permanent bond with a member of the opposite sex. The Illuminist portray traditional morality as old-fashioned. 
Traditional morality represents the accumulated wisdom of mankind regarding happiness. Our moral conduct contributes more to our health than diet and exercise. Monogamy is good for men too. A friend wrote, men get their sense of self-worth from their families, the honest production they create at the workplace and they feel good about what they are doing when they believe that they are building a better world for their children. All of this has been taken from us Henry. It is so sickening that very few men have the courage to look at any part of it. Women also depend on a man, their husband, for personal fulfillment. This is why they obsess about love and marriage. In marriage, a man assumes a responsibility to fulfill his wife as a woman, i.e. as a life partner and mother. Women are different from men. They are instruments, vehicles. They need to be cared for and used for a higher purpose or they will rot on the vine or explode with frustration. We live in a bizarre precarious world and we need to choose real people with character and ability to be our mates. Love grows from day-to-day -day caring over a long period of time. The focus of marriage The proper focus of marriage is not the man and woman, but on God. In particular, the man should have a vision of how he will serve God. The wife should choose a man whose vision she can share. It is about getting things done, doing God's work at home and in society. They've tried to discredit God by blaming him for everything that goes wrong. God is not a fixer, he is a spiritual ideal, absolute truth, justice, goodness and love. Our ability to perceive these ideals is what makes us human. We are intended to embody these ideals and bring them into the world. If we don't, it won't happen and we will deservedly suffer the consequences. So will our progeny. Most people care about their children but pay little heed to the world they will inhabit, they focus on approved subjects like the environment instead of the insidious war waged upon society by a cruel and corrupt elite. We can resist their sabotage by upholding traditional sexual and moral values. Visit www.misty101.com for great offers, read reviews and blogs, free shipping and great service, subscribe and get notification of new offers and discounts. Stay tuned. We hope that you have enjoyed the show. We thank you for being with us and your support. Goodbye till next time.